The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, our sex tech guru, Dr. Jason Behrman, will join us. We're going to talk about uh, youth seeking sex education online. There's a, a report from UNESCO just came out. And also, how is the pandemic impacting companies in the sex tech sector? We'll find out uh, with uh, Dr. Jason Behrman after 10.15. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. Remember, you can also email me anytime to lori at drlaurie.com. So I got this email today. I want to thank you for your support. As the summer months come and things becoming a little more sociable, the stress levels may hopefully come down a little bit. Dr. Lori, you were here for all of us from the start, and even you admitted it was getting to you, but at 10 p.m. every weeknight, you brought a little calm into the insanity. The one hour of your voice and you telling people okay to, it's okay to feel the way you do gave us all a sense of assurance. I hear only few thanking you. Perhaps many say it by email like myself, but we all owe a great thank you. I do not want to forget the passion poet either, who always gave us a little inspiration, a smile, and even a laugh with his poems. We all take things for granted, and over the last while, we realize now how precious these little things are. I really hope you air this because I want everyone to know that you have helped me and I'm sure many others and never ask for anything in return. I hope all listeners just think of why they listen to your show. No relationship is perfect. No one is perfect, but you manage to make a path we can follow. Thank you so very much to you and our passion poet. I love how she says our passion poet because passion poet, you are our poet for all of us. Uh, I listened to the show last night and really enjoyed it. Someone commented about men putting their jobs ahead of family. Somebody had texted in asking if they thought, um, if our listeners thought this was actually uh, true. At least that was their experience. Out of an emergency situation, I have experienced just that. It always seems we are told we are more important, but job is more imperative right now along with the, with some excuse why. I have asked friends and it seems they say the same thing. I can think of times plans have been canceled because of a work issue, but I nor my friends can recall canceling a work issue for a family event other than something really important. Also, I may like, I would like to mention how happy I am our poet declined on the chance of a one night stand. He has given me faith again that not all men are uh, one track mind. <laughs> That's cute. Okay. Thank you for that. Thank you for all these emails. Lovely. Mm, dearest Dr. Lori, thanks for taking all my questions. I love the show. I'm confused. This is uh, regarding the email we got yesterday. But I'll clarify it. So let me just read this. I'm confused with the cop and the girlfriend's boyfriend. I'm American. I don't understand. I must have missed a part of the show that wasn't recorded. No, you probably just heard wrong. I heard she was with a guy 20 years ago. They hooked up again, made a video. But the boyfriend, boyfriend, not husband, found out recently she cheated on him a year ago. And it was recorded. Sounds like 
There's no marriage. So what's the problem? The cop was an ex-boyfriend? I'm missing something. Okay, let me clarify the situation because I actually got another email back from this gentleman. It was a guy writing in saying that his girlfriend, he, he initially said his girlfriend was cheating. A co- she He caught her or she, he, she found out, he found out that she had cheated on him, but goes on to say that it ended up happening that her boyfriend from 20 years ago, a 20 year old boyfriend from way back when had recorded something way back when who he had kept this recording, this video of them having sex. He then proceeded to blackmail her and say, I will expose this video. I will whatever, transmit it or put it out there if you don't have sex with me. So this is a situation of sextortion. It's a, it's extortion. It is a crime that happened. So I just want to make it very clear. To add more to the story is that the ex-boyfriend of this, this guy's girlfriend uh, is also a police officer. So this is why it gets a little bit crazy because they don't know what to do with this, right? Like if we go to the police, do they protect their own? Like there's a fear that either it's going to get shoved under the rug or, or somehow dismissed or somehow exposed in the media or fear that the video will get out. So unfortunately, like sextortionists, uh, this is, you know, can, can hold a lot over your, over your head, which is why it's so important not to make videos, uh, sex videos, even though you think, oh, it's with my partner, but what if you break up and who gets that video and where does it go? And anyway, so she had sex with him that one time in the back of his car or something, and then he proceeded to give her the USB key. But who knows how many copies of that video there are and how long, how far is this going to go? So there's, um, there's a lot to consider here. So if anybody has any idea of how to go about, like this guy's asking me for, for advice, more advice than we, I guess, than we gave him, which was, um, you know, maybe find internal affairs at the, uh, at, in the police department or the, the Sûreté du Québec or whatever needs to be done. But we, you know, I don't know. I'm not a, a criminologist. I you know, maybe talking to a criminologist might might help. Maybe talking to a criminal lawyer might help. So that might be something that um, at least to find out what what can be done. But the for this guy to get away with it makes me sick. Right? That somebody in authority. Of course, we've seen this kind of thing, you know, and far far worse happen in in our recent past obviously that we're all up in arms about but when this kind of thing happens it's sickening it's sickening people using their position to blackmail or to feel like they can get away with stuff that is clearly criminal um simply because they are in these positions of authority makes me sick i i i don't know what else to to to, to say uh, the guy needs to talk with his girlfriend, make sure he knows how she feels about him. And then if this is really is what happened to her, then they can deal with the situation together going forward. I agree. I think, um, if they could team up together rather than feel like she betrayed her boyfriend, if she was, if she might've felt like she had absolutely no other, um, choice. So there you go.
Uh, hi, Dr. Laura. Yes, that emailer is right. You were really great as usual for everybody the past month or so, especially. Oh, thank you. That's uh, very, very sweet of you to say. Coming up, Dr. Jason Behrman joins us, our sex tech expert, one of my favorite uh, segments on passion where I get to learn a whole lot of stuff I know nothing about. This is Passion on CJAD 800. Love this uh, this particular segment on the program. We've uh, been doing this for, I'm not even sure how long, a few years probably, I think. Dr. Jason Behrman is here. He's a specialist, our specialist, our sex tech guru in artificial intelligence and technology. And not only that, he has an expertise in public health, a background in public health as well. So very fitting for these uh, these times. Dr. Jason, love having you on the program. Thank Hi, you. Lori. Good to be back. <laughs> I'm very happy uh, to uh, give, give our little uh, sex tech spiel again. Uh, yes. Quite a few different topics. Um, I have four uh, in mind, but Wait. I think we will only be able to get three done. But before so. we get there, okay. I just want to say something, because if our listeners want to see more of you, um, you did a fabulous interview Um now, where I saw it on YouTube, I think, but what is the um, the show that you did where you talked about all your work and stuff? Oh, you mean the last podcast that yes, I shared? Yes, the last podcast. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, I thought it was like, where can where can listeners see you? And I'm like, uh, we'll get to the OnlyFans part later, Lori. <laughs> no, but it was so great because it really explained, in a nutshell, a lot of what you do. And, and of course, you you talked about how we met and how this sex tech segment started, which you know, of course, I loved. But um, but it was great. So if you can just give that. Where people okay, can, so can look it, for it. It was it was a, a a new podcast. So I know this guy. His name is Dennis Velco, V E L C O, and he just started a, a podcast on his site Out Bureau. That so was it. O U T B U R O dot com. I believe I have to check it out. Yeah, out that Bureau. was it. Yeah. Out Bureau. There it is. <laughs> um, yeah. O-U-T-B-U-R-O dot com. And if you, like, uh, do a search, like, wait, let's see, Jason. They'll see, they'll see your handsome face there. Oh, I just did a search <laughs> on the website with Jason. And, yeah, I come up first. So there of you go. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> As this texter says, Dr. Jason is cool. I like hearing what he has to say. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, you <laughs> are cool. Technology has become cool. No, Ooh, you're cool. So cool being, being a nerd. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, it was a great interview. I, he was a, a great guy that I've been in contact with for like a whew, yeah, a while good. on on LinkedIn. I just never got the chance to actually do the interview with him, and it just kind of happened. It was and just it, a, he, a great explanation of the work you do, you know? Okay, yeah, and yeah. I, I really loved it. Okay, so let's great. talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about sex, Ed. How about that first? <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, many, many times on, on the show, I've talked about um, how we could use technology to uh, reach youth and provide them with uh, 
quality sex education, and it's especially useful tool, the Internet, and the provision of uh, information anonymously online uh, for, like, a lot of vulnerable minorities, because mm-hmm. a lot of them, they will either not get um, uh, education that's specific to their needs in the school environment, or they're in an environment where it's just not really safe or comfortable for them to ask, like, a health uh, official, for example, right. on information about their sexuality, especially if you know, you know, like, you're a certain kind of a visible minority, or if you are LGBTQ or whatnot. So um, I wanted to uh, just uh, speak about um, um, a technical brief report that was uh, released by UNESCO. So this is an organization within the United Nations. And it was called Switched On, and it was published a few months ago. And they kind of did a review of other surveys and other kinds of um, scientific research that they did on the topic of technology and how it can connect youth to valuable information and you know like some of the the strengths and weaknesses of how youth are trying to get sexual uh, more information about their sexuality and uh, health related information overall online and uh yeah so this this is not just fluff so when we say right. that you know the internet has a lot of potential here it, it it's true so they have some surveys that show that 71% of 15 to 24 year olds sought sexuality education and information online in the past year, Mm -hmm. and that many of them were uh, marginalized groups. Uh, That's one of the only places where they could get sex education. Um, They see that 15 to 24-year-olds are doing a lot of research online about sexually transmitted infections and HIV, Mm -hmm. so that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, They're uh, finding information that's related to how culture and society uh, influences sexuality. They're looking for information about sexual harassment, abuse, and violence, which is a very good thing. Right. And um, also about personal relationships, which is also a good thing. That's very healthy, and I want uh, youth uh, to be researching this information online. Right. We just want to make sure that they have sites that are... are, um, Of quality. Yes, exactly, of quality. Right. Mm -hmm. And they found that... uh, 10-year-olds to 14-year-olds, so like, yeah, 10-year-olds, okay, people? Uh, This is how accessible the technology is today. And um, 10-year-olds to 14-year-olds are going online to learn about changes in their bodies. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. And um, it seems to be like a bastion of information and like a safe space for a lot of non-binary people and other LGBTQ minorities to access information that they would never be able to get any other way. Right. Although I have to say, if I can just add, a 10-year-old, I would I would hope and I wish that parents would uh, could be a resource for their kids because the no. research shows that kids who speak to their parents or parents who speak to their children about sexuality, the mm-hmm. outcomes are far better for those kids than those who don't. Yeah, and that's very true. So um, I, that, that's all I have to say. I just want to conclude by saying, like, we put a lot of focus on talking about how technology, you know, opens this Pandora's box or that there's, like, a porn monster um, hiding around every uh, clickable corner of the Internet. And, you know, um, children are just being bombarded with uh, hardcore porn. Mm-hmm. This is a problem, but that's only part of the story. And it, it, it could distract us from having more fruitful discussions that right. we need to advance, which is we need to ensure that there is reliable, high-quality content online that is accessible to youth, that is accurate and safe. 
And this should be the center of our discussions today because you'll never put the the, the porn monster back into, you know, the the, the bottle, you know, like (laughs) it's out, it's there. But this is why I've talked about this and this is why it's so important that we, uh, that any kind of sexual health education, whether from parents or teachers or schools, include uh, a porn literacy um, component to it because children need to be able to be critical thinkers of things they will be exposed to and they know, they need to know how this is far from real life sex because imagine a, a 10 year old who's looking for sexual health information but en- ends up on a porn site and then they think oh that's what sex looks like oh mm-hmm. and then they click 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 and then of course they're they're going to see more extreme stuff and and this is not what sex is all about so mm-hmm. we need to have that conversation as well with kids mm-hmm. yeah so we're we're well uh laurie uh we know each other very well, and so we've been very, very staunch advocates on trying yes. to flood the Internet with reliable information that is appropriate for, for youth yeah. when it comes to sex education broadly construed. And so, yeah, True. this is just evidence from UNESCO. I just thought it's like, okay, this is not just fluff. This is not like some pie-in-the-sky discussion. It's like, yeah, we really could have an opportunity here. And instead of like focusing so much attention on the negative, let's focus on the positive right. and develop those resources. Exactly. Yeah. And there, there are more and more more of these uh, resources and I have a feeling even though you know with with uh, schools the way they are right now it's very possible that we can move sex education to an online forum with people with counselors or people who are there to answer qu- anonymous questions like it should all be moved over to the internet if possible because kids are there anyway um, it is more and more possible, that's for sure. And and as the pandemic, uh, as it has disrupted our lives from top to bottom, um, accessibility to these online services, I, it, it seems to have increased because awareness has increased. And people are, are just like, oh, this isn't the new normal. This is kind of like my new standard. Like, I don't have to go to the school nurse anymore and feel uncomfortable. There, there's like, oh, there's a lot of these resources that are really cool right. and engaging. And, uh, you know, some of them have, like, video game elements to it. Remember, like, I was talking about apps that kids were using in Africa to beat King AIDS and other STDs, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was all, like, uh, uh, so, uh, smartphone-based, you know. So there's lots of, like, really brilliant stuff that's uh, emerging out there. Right. There's a texter writes, and the net is a fantastic resource, but there's also a huge swamp of misinformation and crud that's online, too. So it's great if youngsters, but anybody really, can have real-life human fact-checkers Mm-hmm. alongside as well quality parenting of course at the top of the list and being able to discuss what the, the kids are looking at online i think parents should be looking at the same things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right absolutely yeah yeah so it will right. answer those questions uh, dr jason Behrman is a specialist in artificial intelligence and technology he joins us every month to uh, uh discuss uh, new things happening and man it's a fast changing world uh, what are some of the topics that we're going that are going to come up in the next half hour okay so we're going to talk about how uh, just just a, a couple little facts here from some sex tech companies uh, reporting on how their business has changed due to the pandemic mm-hmm. um, I want to talk about a couple uh, some some oh my gosh a diversity of tech that's available out there to 
help women avoid uh, sexual assault or to fight back and whatnot um, and also access resources. But many people question or, or criticize uh, the rise of, in popularity of these apps, and we'll discuss that. Okay. And then last uh, but not least, we will go over the rise of OnlyFans. I so heard about it's, that. Uh, the subscription-based service online that's like part platform, uh, e-commerce platform, part um, social media network that enables an individual to do to produce adult content that they can monetize online, and it seems to be really disrupting the adult industry <laughs> for the better. Okay. Oh, well, that's interesting. Well, listen, people have to reinvent themselves all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was just talking about this last night in terms of uh, dominatrix, like pro-doms who mm-hmm. have to reinvent what they do because they can't be in person with people. Like there's a lot of people in the sex industry, forget the just the sex workers, but there's all kinds of people in the industry who uh, have to reinvent themselves in order to, to make money. Uh, coming up, Dr. Jason Behrman addresses everything you just uh, heard and maybe more and takes your questions as well. With Dr. Lori Batito on CJD 800. Tonight it is Sex Tech here with Dr. Jason Behrman, a specialist in artificial intelligence and technology, who joins us every month to bring you up to speed on what's happening in the technology industry with regards to sexuality. So obviously we're seeing, you know, we're in these new times. It's things are changing fast and people have to adapt. So what's happening? How are these uh, companies being impacted by this, especially those that have to do with sex and technology? Well, I'll give a few examples, but I I ask all the listeners uh, out there to text in how their sexuality has changed during the pandemic and if technology has played a role in Mm -hmm. that change and if if it's been like a positive disruption or a negative disruption. Have you learned something new? Have you tried out something new? And so on a previous show, we were talking about how, uh, like, love in the time of the pandemic, people were doing some interesting things or they were using Zoom to do, you know, um, quote-unquote sex parties where everybody's alone in their own home but all on Zoom and doing sexy things mm-hmm. <laughs> for everybody to watch. Um, well, there are some sex tech companies that were interviewed by a journalist, and they, they gave um, – uh, well, their evidence of how their business has changed uh, recently, and a lot of them focused on uh, European companies because okay. they peaked first in the in the epidemic, so we could see a little bit more how their business has changed. Um, I'm sure we're seeing something very similar here to any kind of sex tech companies in North America. Right. But, for example, in Italy, which was like the horribly hit by the pandemic, um, one sex toy company called My Secret Case doubled its sales in days after the government <laughs> mandated a lockdown. So as soon as, like, all the doors were shut, all of a sudden the sex toy company is getting, like, all these orders. Um, a Swiss re- retailer that does uh, sex toys and accessories, they found at the height of the pandemic, um, visits to their website went up by 123%, no. and they got a 79% increase in sales. Wow, that's so, huge. Yeah, my gosh. Uh, especially now when the economy is really suffering. Yeah. So there's an app uh, based out of Spain, and it's it's an erotic audio guide app. So you could listen to erotic stories and uh, guided masturbation. Mm-hmm. And uh, they saw a 45% increase in their downloads 
and a 160% increase in usage of their app. Wow. Um, there's another one called Beducated App, um, which is uh, geared towards young adults, uh, college, university students, and it provides literally online courses related to uh, sexual pleasure, happiness, uh, sexual wellness, and they believe that, you know, good sexual practices is something that you could train. Like, you mm. could train, like, incorporate in your daily life like you would, like, exercise. Okay. And they notice that there's been 189% more activity on their platform <laughs> and that people now are binge-watching their online courses. <gasps> and online course completion has increased by 57%. <laughs> it's wow. higher, 57% higher in March than it was in February. So they're noticing, like, spikes here which they believe is being influenced by the pandemic. Wow. Well, um, for sure. I mean, the, the sale of sex toys. I also heard that uh, companies are, like, they're running out of condoms. It's almost like, you know, when, when all the factories shut down mm-hmm. in China and, and different places where condoms are made, that uh, people were stocking up on, uh, on their condoms as well. So we may see a shortage of condoms. Yes, there was a shortage in condoms, and there was also disruptions to supply chains for uh, birth control pills. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah, right. so uh, people are, are, are have to get a little bit more creative now in terms of uh, contraception. Um, <laughs> There's not too many ways to get creative. <laughs> Well, you know, there there are like IUDs and other, there, there's like a, a plethora of ways to prevent yeah. uh, unwanted pregnancy. It's just that uh, some of them require medical attention. Exactly. And like, how the heck are you going to get an IUD inserted Voila. by a medical professional uh, these days? Uh, boy, uh, right. it's quite the challenge. Exactly. Which is unfortunate. Exactly. Because even something that you could insert, like the sponge, not available, mm-hmm. uh, the diaphragm needs to be fitted. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of things uh, that need to be fitted uh, because every vagina is different, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yes, and I think I wonder if I wonder if we're going to see unplanned pregnancies uh, coming up. Somebody suggested saran wrap and a rubber band. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> Don't do that. That is not a smart way of preventing STIs or pregnancy. No. This is like um, drinking bleach to prevent COVID. Oh, yeah. Don't do it. Right, right. Don't do it. <laughs> not a good idea. No. Uh, somebody had a question actually for you, and you might be able to help them. What's the best way to control the Internet for my 14-year-old son? I'm assuming control, like parental controls. Yeah, porn. you have to get. Mm, yeah, you have to get apps that you can download on their phone, and then the parents will be able to unlock it uh, or remove it if they want uh, as the child gets older, or and they can uh, uh, determine have some degree of control over like what sites they can visit on their phone. But um, I find that, like, many of these apps are available, okay? So you could just do a quick uh, Internet search, and you could find uh, probably a very long list of of ones that have uh, various levels of quality. But I just want parents out there to really understand, sometimes you could get these uh, parental controls on these electronic devices, and it can give you a false sense of security, okay? Mm -hmm. Because there are ways around them. You know, kids are smart today. They're very very tech-savvy. And even if you block, like, their tech devices, that doesn't mean that, you know, their friends' devices aren't uh, readily available to them, especially right. on the playground or at school. Right. And, uh, you know, many of these locks, you know, if you if you do a little bit of research online, sometimes you could find 
relatively simple ways to circumvent them, like using a VPN or whatever. You know, right. Well, I'm a, uh, I'm a bigger fan of uh, sex education and sex talks with your kids so that yeah. you can talk to them about what they uh, are seeing online. Uh, somebody says, I would like to know if Jason heard of a recently invented device meant to block Alexa from listening to your personal conversations and whether it's something to execute your invention, thereby requesting that you send it in are legit or not, and whether any related scams may have occurred, as well as how to go about avoiding such pitfalls when issuing your invention. So it's a two-part question, I guess. Um, Blocking Alexa from listening to your conversations and uh, if you have a, an invention, um, how do you, I guess, ensure that? Or I, I'm not sure what that, that's about. I don't know if you well, understand Well, uh, the theft of intellectual property, if you're an individual, it's not too much of a problem. It's, it's like I know in terms of like industrial espionage that goes on like a very high level and it's usually executed by adversarial governments or other like major corporations and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That is a problem in today's world. I hear less of these problems like good ideas and patents being stolen from individual inventors. But, I mean, I'm not an expert in this field, so I don't know what the statistics are. You would have to talk right. to legal experts. Right. Um, in terms of, like, turning off Alexa so that Alexa is not listening to you, yeah, turn the off button uh, to, to, like, turn the power button to off and throw that thing out the window. <laughs> I'm very anti these personal assistants and these IoT devices that everybody has just embraced and welcomed into their home when we have zero quality regulations to protect consumers' privacy and data out there. So to answer the the, uh, the listener's question, um, I am not familiar of any way to, like, stop Alexa from listening into your conversation. The whole device is designed so that it's always kind of listening in for the the trigger word right. to turn it on. Right. And, you know, it, it often goes on and starts listening to what you're saying by accident or whatever. And um, if you really want that off and you're really concerned about it, turn that damn thing off and throw it out the window. <laughs> I'm not worried. I like Alexa. She helps me out a lot in the kitchen. And <laughs> yeah. I yes, am so I know. against those devices. I know. I'm a tech guy. So. I know. I should be listening to you, but what, you know. And when it comes to porn, this person said there's COVID porn out there too. It's true. Ooh. Folks wearing masks in sexual situations, I guess so viewers can feel better about their quarantine predicament in some small way. Well, actually, Pornhub, when they report always when there's some kind of situation or any, um, there's always pornography regarding whatever whatever it is, right? So, mm-hmm. and more searches. So people are actually searching COVID porn kind of things, which is, seems a little ridiculous. But anyway. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Last little bit of time we have here with our sex tech expert, Dr. Jason Behrman. He's a specialist in artificial intelligence and technology. He has a background in public health. Now, this is, a, to me, a, a public health problem, which is uh, sexual assault. It's so rampant, sadly, when you look at the figures and numbers, that uh, 
I don't know. I don't know why the, these numbers have barely moved in decades and we really are not doing a good job. So hopefully uh, the technology industry can help us uh, fight uh, sexual assault maybe a little bit better. What are some of uh, the ideas that you've come up with? Well, there's actually quite a lot out there. When I started doing research on this topic, I, I was quite surprised. Um, and I just want to say, I, I know that uh, um, a lot of your listener base are women, and so um, I would like for them to opine on, on what we're talking about here, because this is a bit of a contentious topic, because many people criticize some of these technologies, saying that they put too much of the onus on women to protect themselves from mm-hmm. uh, sexual assault, when we should be focusing on you know, the broader root causes and societal weaknesses we have that uh, enable sexual assault and rape to still be all too common in society. So um, when I went into this, I thought it's like, okay, what's a sexual, anti-sexual assault technology? I thought like panic buttons, you know, like you Mm -hmm. you pull something and it like makes a screeching noise. I have one of those. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and but like no, there's a lot out there. And I remember on a past episode of Passion, I was with uh, Paris Mansouri, mm-hmm. and we were talking about um, adapted chastity belts or like safety underwear that oh you can goodness. unlock. Okay. Um, with tech, um, they are getting like um, more and more different kinds of testing um, kits that you could buy that you could test your drink at a bar mm-hmm. to see if it's been uh, doped with some kind of date rate drug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have other technology where you could secretly mark uh, someone who's groping you on crowded public transit so that you could put an invisible mark on their hand, and then later you could reveal that mark through ultraviolet light if they huh. get caught by the police. So kind of like, you know, to incriminate them. Right. That's um, interesting. But where it starts to get really interesting with the technology today is now coupling it with smartphones. So um, it, it, it's not just all like, you know, a panic button kind of thing. There's, there's a diversity of different strategies that are coming out there. I'll describe some of them. So mm-hmm. I'll start one that's um, oriented towards women with disabilities. Okay. So it's something called Sunny, and it's by 1-800-RESPECT, and it's an app. Um, it's for everyone, but it's been adapted or developed specifically for, to be accessible to women with disabilities who have experienced violence or abuse. And um, it's been designed with women with disabilities in mind, so they tested the app, and then it's, it has like a, a compliance level, like a double A AA standard of like accessibility for this kind of population group. Okay. And that's great. And the app, and it, it provides uh, these women with uh, resources to help them tell their story of their abuse, understand what has happened to them, know what their rights are, uh, find and connect with people that could help them, other professionals, mm-hmm. understand like what abuse is and why it's wrong and um, learn about different types of abuse because abuse of uh, um, in sexual nature and relationships yeah. it comes in many different shapes and forms right, 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 right. so there's like interesting apps now that not only will like help you help alert others that you're in trouble but also um, get evidence so that you could use it later to help like you know um, go to court and you know get get your offender in jail and also get access uh, or be oriented towards uh, resources that could really help you following uh, sexual assault so to get you back on your feet get you uh, medical attention get you counseling mm-hmm. so just... like some of them are really cool like um, circle of six it's one of them is called where you could discreetly um, send a text message that will uh, go to six trusted people in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's an automated message that tells them for them to, like, call you and pretend that you need them. And um, so it right. could help a woman get out of a, an uncomfortable situation. Or a bad date. Yeah. <laughs> 
and like a lot of these uh, these these uh, tech out there, um, they will automatically transmit your location to other trusted people okay. and give like an alert. Sometimes, like, what you could do is you could just shake your phone violently, and it will immediately turn on and start recording sound and audio and start, like, admitting, like, an alarm. And so the point is for you to, like, immediately start recording uh, an assailant or Mm -hmm. or someone that's following you, and, like, you you upload that information out there and say, like, hey, I got image of you. Uh, Leave me alone. Um, other ones that was really cool, what I thought. Yeah, because we um, want to find things that prevent, right? Like, we want, mm-hmm. we, like, deterrence, too. Is uh, exactly. Like, yeah, because the, the other stuff, it's like, yes, it's it, of course, it's great to have all of the uh, the support and the help and everything you need. But, man, that's too late. we got to prevent it. We've got to find mm-hmm. ways to prevent this from happening and give tools uh, to women, besides which I think self-defense classes are, are a good thing as well, like mm-hmm. make empower them. But again, you could be easily overpowered by a much bigger man. That's true, too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Uh, but also what's out there, there, we are starting to provide people with uh, electronic reporting tools that will orient you towards uh, legal counseling. Um, uh, make it uh, easier for you to access law enforcement and crisis counseling and um, other apps that will help you save and share relevant medical information, so like following a rape kit or whatever, um, to like facilitate those kind of um, health-oriented conversations with a medical professional after a sexual assault, you know, that that would be a good idea. Um, There are other ones now where people are developing like the next generation of these apps um, they will uh, enable you to uh, flag like a series of sexual assaults or rapes in an area so that you could alert authorities sooner. Mm-hmm. Like you could see it's like, okay, there's obviously like a repeat offender that's uh, hanging out in this kind of area of the city. Okay, let's alert uh, authorities sooner. Well, and uh, Those are like the, um, I remember doing this, it's not available in Canada for, for sex offenders, but in the States, if you go on their sex offender registry mm-hmm. and you, you say, okay, I'm going to this address, and in, they will show in that neighborhood that you're going to visit or whatever where all the sex offenders live. It's crazy. Mm, it's it's very <laughs> it's, it, it, it's anxiety provoking. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, when you uh, see yeah. when you see how many pins there are, it I is. Know. Now, as one yeah. texter wrote, mace and tasers work. Yeah, but those are illegal to carry. Like you can't. It's very hard to find mace, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and, and, and carrying a taser, I don't think is legal. So no, you know, that, and dangerous. That too. Yeah, you I could suppose. shock yourself, and you could shock somebody else by accident and kill them, but. Um, this this is where we're starting to get into the debate. So I want the listeners to to text in more here because this is where we're starting to uh, uh, hear some of the criticism. So one of them is like um, I, I like tech like this because I think it may from from like a man's perspective looking at, uh, outwards. Um, I think it could empower women to have some kind of technology to protect them so that they don't necessarily have to resort to a gun or mm-hmm. a knife or mm-hmm. some other weapon, mm-hmm. you know, so that they could feel secure when they're in uh, uncomfortable environments. But other people say it, it, they don't like these kind of new technologies because it may give women a false sense of security because a lot of people who commit acts of sexual violence and sexual aggression are not some, like, unknown right. assailant that's hiding not. in a dark alley exactly. somewhere. Like, quite often it could be 
people you know, you know, so That's like you're, right. you're not going to be like uh, sounding the alarm on your smartphone necessarily if you have like a bad situation with like a neighbor, you know. Exactly. Um, Just one, so- one last question for you, Jason. Somebody, I, I want to make sure I get this in since uh, you're the expert here. Somebody wants to know, how do you go about shutting the tracking device on your phone? Is there a way uh, to do that? It's very, very hard. Um, uh, I keep my phone on super power saver mode 90% of the time. Oh, yeah? And it's just to, like, shut down as much of the phone's um, capacities as possible. But even with that, I cannot guarantee that I'm not being tracked uh, uh, in terms of, like, my location. So um, look at some of the work by Edward Snowden and read his book, Permanent Record, and he is the whistleblower that showed that the, the NSA and the American government was, like, spying en masse on, like, pretty much everybody. Wow. <laughs> and he shows, like, how you walk around, as you walk around, um, your smartphone device will, uh, in order for it to work, essentially, it will send um, or connect with cell phone towers wh- that are in proximity. So right. it knows, like, how to connect a phone call to you, and that in itself has something called like metadata and it will make a recording of like your phone being in proximity to that cell phone tower. Right. So could you ever remain anonymous and not be tracked no matter what? And, and the answer is probably, probably not. Probably not, yeah. Unless your phone is completely off uh, and not functioning, you know. Um, and that's the downside. Listen, there the are downside. upsides and downsides, and we're always learning that when uh, we talk to you is that uh, we get the scary side, but we also get the positive side. Dr. Jason, I'm never enough time with you, so nope. uh, I we'll know. We'll talk about uh, OnlyFans next time. All right, perfect. We'll save that for next time. Thanks again, and where can people find you? Oh, so you could connect with me on uh, LinkedIn, but you have to send me a message. So, uh, and also, I'm also on uh, Twitter. Um, my handle on Twitter is J Behrman PhD. My family name is a bit weird. It's B E H R M A N N. Yes, there's a double N at the end. It's not a typo. And the H does come before the R. That is not a typo. How many times do you have to say that? Jason, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Miss Lori. you, my Bye. friend. All right. Take okay, care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, thank you for spending your time with us. Thank you for your texts. I'm sorry we didn't get to all of them. Uh, thank you to Nicole, our technical producer, as well. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Petito. Best to get in touch with me, though, through my website at drlori.com. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>